Hi, and welcome to NACIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock at our headquarters in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Matt Pincus in Washington, D.C. Last week, NACIO released our top 10 list for 2020. So today, we're going to take a look at our newest list, talk about trends over the last few years, and why it's so important to our association. Every year, NACIO sends a survey of topics to all state CIOs, and they vote on the ones that will be a priority for them that year. Today, we're joined by NACIO's own Eric Sweden, Program Director for Enterprise Architecture and Governance and NACIO Top 10 Guru. Eric, thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. Okay, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you have been with NACIO longer than anyone else on staff. Is that right? That is, uh, that's true at present time. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I've been here since January of 2003. Okay, awesome. So before we jump into the top 10, tell us a little bit about how you found yourself at NACIO. Well, thank you, Amy, for that question. Uh, it's really, uh, I, I really like this story. I was originally brought in to lead the development of a comprehensive toolkit for state government enterprise architecture. It was a very large, expensive complicated project that required oversight from NACIO and AMR. And uh, I was actually hired by AMR, interviewed with the president of AMR and also the president of NACIO. Uh, so I jumped in having just come from a major initiative where I and a small team had created a business architecture practice at a very large company, and having led multiple enterprise architecture efforts at a very large chemical company. So I was con consulting actually with some of the former executives from that chemical company when I interviewed at NACIO. And at the time, I was looking for something really meaningful in terms of a career, service, and had been thinking about homeland security or state government or local government. And this opportunity surfaced, and I thought it was perfect. That's great. And you're still working on EA almost uh, 20 years later. I am. And the other part of that, Matt, uh, is the broad definition we have for enterprise architecture. So no matter what we talk about, it fits. <laughs> well, and I think that and, and that's one of the things that we're going to talk to you about today in terms of the evolution in, in terms of uh, our top 10 list. And so, yeah. Um, let, let's dive in. We released our top, uh, our, our 2020 top 10 list, uh, just last week. Um, right. give us a little history on the list, how long it's been around, uh, what we use it for. Why should people care about this list, Eric? Yeah, the list was instituted by Doug Robinson. Of course, Doug's brought a lot of interesting and innovative ideas to this organization, but when he became executive director in 2004, he was keeping a top 10 of some sort himself. It was uh, his own list that he was using to be sure we're connected and uh, connected with our constituents. Anyway, in 2006, 2007, that time frame, he formalized it. And uh, at that time, it only focused on high-level strategies. In 2008, he added the top 10 technologies to the program. So it's uh, really t uh, two lists uh, that, we, uh, that we work from. The top 10 is really important to us and our constituents, our, our members. Uh, it's a reference for us going forward through each program year. It influences the work plan, 
what we focus on in terms of research, webcasts, conference sessions, and really important is it is used to inform the marketplace regarding state government priorities. So for the past several years, we do technology forecasts with Public Technology Institute, and this is essentially a review of the NASIO uh, state CIO top 10 in concert with a compare contrast with the top 10 for local government. So the top 10 list is uh, really valuable to us. It's the most downloaded report we publish, and just a little few stats on that. Uh, we have no data on secondary distribution, but the number of views for 2019 was over 13,000. Wow. In 2018, it was 16,000. Now, this is the biggest number I've seen. In 2017, it was over 60,000. So wow. we treat it as more than a list. We look at the changes from previous years along with the environmental circumstances, context for each, uh, each year, uh, and that helps us understand what is going on at the state, national, global levels that could be influencing our priorities. And then we also recognize during the year, you know, things can come up. But if you look at this list, you'll see engagement, collaboration, uh, citizen outcomes, optimization, insight enabling, and innovation for the first time in our history. We've We've got innovation on the top 10. Wow. So let's talk about uh, one item on the top 10 list, the uh, reigning and formidable champion, if you will, uh, security and risk management. So um, cybersecurity specifically, which we know is constantly on the minds and, um, and you know, involved in the overarching strategies and policies for all the state CIOs. Can you talk about how long security has been on the list um, and just sort of the nature of the threat environment back when it first became number one on the list? Mm -hmm. uh, that's an important question because cybersecurity has always been on the top 10, but it cybersecurity itself has changed over the years. Uh, it's been number one on the list since 2014. And uh, all through this history of the top 10, uh, we see the threat environment is continually changing. It's getting worse at an accelerating pace. Most notable is the rise of ransomware, the extreme threat level, the mounting cost of cybersecurity for citizens, government, and industry. So the proliferation continues. And I think we're, we need to look closely, if we can, at the root cause, examining the attack, the attackers, who are they, why, uh, you know, the launching of cyber sorties is relatively easy, relatively low risk. Uh, there's no thought to harm done, lives affected. So catching them, effective adjudication, recovery of assets, uh, and the punishment of the crime. I mean, those are things that we have yet to do effectively. And I think in future, we have to figure that out. I think of the millions of people affected by cyber attacks, the higher impact. So the role and the state of the state CISO is uh, chief information security officer has essentially been evolving over the last 10 years for sure. Uh, and we're moving into uh, a new thought pattern here. States are adopting a whole of state approach to cybersecurity. And we define that as collaboration among state agencies, local governments, utilities, private companies and universities healthcare and others. So I, an I anticipate this prior priority will always be a priority for states. 
And we have additional data on that uh, from our annual survey uh, and, and some of the trends relative to things like cyber insurance. Do you see a scenario, I mean, and you just talked about, you know, how these threats have, have evolved over the past few years and even someone like yourself, who's a fantastic prognosticator, you know, didn't see the the rise and just the significant rise in ransomware. But can you ever see a scenario or a situation where cybersecurity is not number one on the list? I don't. And the reason for that, Matt, is... According to one source, cybercrime is the fastest growing form of criminal activity, and it's anticipated to cost businesses like something, you know, the trillions, five, over $5 trillion worldwide within the next five years. Uh, these costs get that passed down to consumers, taxpayers, and there's the loss of data that's never actually recovered. So 60% of small businesses go out of business within six months of a cyber attack. But the types of attacks, Matt, are changing. Uh, there's new kinds of things uh, that are making use of the very technologies we're using to serve citizens. Things like advanced analytic, artificial intelligence, robotic process automation, and new kinds of attacks such as cryptojacking, something that was going to come forth and uh, and be bulletproof. Well, People are breaking in to people's computers and using others' computers to mine cryptocurrencies. So the cost of electricity, cost of resources is going to somebody else while someone is just harvesting all of the, uh, these cryptocurrencies. I think we're going to see more ransomware, more coordinated attack, more attacks on infrastructure. So some attacks, you know, they're profit motivated. Other attacks are against our country, against uh, the way we live. So there'll be more attacks involving IoT devices. With the advent of 5G, there's going to be more devices, more entry points for cyber attacks. Routers, cameras have been a primary device for infection in past, but really any IoT device, including smart light bulbs, Voice assistants. Uh, these are all entry points for stealing credentials, data, intercepting uh, data communications. So, Matt, I, I'm looking into the future and anticipating more use of AI for launching attacks, more use of AI for detecting and defending. So, you know, there's kind of this this war going on. You know, who's got the, the greatest and the latest? Who can attack? Who can defend? Right. And you're really painting a rosy picture, so we appreciate yeah. that. Very I'm uplifting. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eric. So, as we all know, the challenges faced by CIOs change over the years and evolve with technology. So I thought it might be fun to talk a little bit about an example of something that was on the list several years ago that we aren't seeing anymore. And then what are some topics that we have seen recently for the first time? Yeah, you're correct, Amy. Yeah, the circumstances, environmental context, the role of the CIO is changing. A few items uh, that we haven't seen for a while include uh, green IT. Uh, green IT was presented on both lists, the technology list and the strategy list in 2009, but not again. Hasn't, mm. hasn't shown up since then. Agile and incremental software delivery was on the list in 2016, 2017, and 2018. IT planning and visioning was on the list in some form since 2014, but off the list this year. Healthcare was on the list from inception through 2014, but we don't see that anymore. So these things uh, don't disappear. It's just that they don't 
present themselves on the top 10. If we published a top 20, mm-hmm. uh, we drew the line at top 10. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, it's changing all the time. So, Eric, for 2020, you just mentioned a couple items. What's on the list this year? Well, for 2020, at the very top, as we've talked before, Matt, cybersecurity risk management, digital government, a lot of emphasis there, cloud services uh, fits into uh, a lot with what we talk about within CIOs broker. So we're employing more and more capabilities coming in from the marketplace. Consolidation, optimization, really this is rationalizing services whenever it makes sense to deliver enterprise-wide solutions. Customer relationship management, so the skill set of the CIO staff, internal customer service strategies, building uh, customer agency confidence, governance, uh, engaging uh, agencies and citizens in uh, developing solutions, budget cost control, fiscal management, it's coming in at number six, legacy modernization, enhancing, renovating, replacing legacy platforms, data management and analytics. And there, Matt, we're really emphasizing insight enabling analytics that informs decision makers, which leads to policy and leads to citizen outcomes. Broadband wireless connectivity. We still have areas across the country that that don't have high speed Internet or it's it's not consistent. And then for the first time. At number 10, innovation and transformation through technology. And I think this fits well with the timing of our report we're doing with Accenture on the future role of CIO relative to innovation. So I just kind of want to know, you know, what's the main takeaway in your opinion? The question on the top of my mind is, are you surprised that something is is not on this list or that is on this list? I mean, sort of, you know, on Amy's train of thought you know, what what seems to be sort of the evolving business model of the state CIOs that you are seeing on the list or you're not seeing on the list? Well, if I look at, you know, looking at the top 10 as a complete package and then, you know, what's occurring over the years since the inception of this list, I think the things that surface more than anything else for me personally are things like engagement, engagement with the, the customer, the one we're serving, you know, as, uh, as stated on the last podcast with Eric Boyette, our CIOs are focused on technology services so our agencies can focus on what they do, program delivery. Well, we're getting more and more engaged with how do we provision programs and citizen outcomes. So there's this collaboration that's increasing, uh, very similar to Agile, where the the ultimate user or customer of a system is involved in the project and the project team all through uh, the development. So I think we're seeing more and more of that uh, as we see with customer relationship management, uh, digital government, innovation and transformation. I mean, those things have to include the ultimate user of the system. You know, we're trying to get the right balance between agency-specific solutions and solutions that can be shared across the enterprise. And then innovation is going to become, I think, a steady, routine kind of a thing, continually looking for better ways to deliver program services and uh, achieve a, a citizen outcome. I think innovation will be in our vernacular, our vocabulary from now going forward. Gotcha. 
Okay, next we'd like to do a little something here we call the lightning round. And since it's the end of December, this will be holiday themed. So Eric, three quick questions for you. Favorite food for the holidays? Turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie. I, that's, uh, that's my favorite. Oh, mm. good. You get, you get two holidays to enjoy those. <laughs> All right. Favorite Christmas song? Well, I don't know if I can... I don't have a single favorite Christmas song, but I do have favorite portfolios that have been uh, recorded, like uh, Christmas with Julie Andrews, The Carpenters, uh, Old Fashioned Christmas. You know, so I, I love those uh, those collections of songs. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Okay, and then finally, do you have any New Year's resolutions for 2020? You know, Amy, I've got too many. Uh, I've, I've got a list of all sorts of things outside of work. Uh, I want to learn to play the guitar better. Uh, I want more formal practice on the piano. I want to learn, you know, this is an interesting one, Amy. I want to learn how to rebuild a Rochester Quadrajet carburetor for our 85 Buick Riviera. I mean, I've been researching that. Can I do this? You know, and then, uh, get, uh, get more into weight training. Uh, so those are a few things on my list. Sounds oh. like you're going to have a very well-rounded 2020. Right. And, and if anybody yeah. can rebuild an 85 Buick, it is certainly you, Eric. <laughs> thank you, Matt. Eric, cannot thank you enough again for uh, for joining us on NASIO Voices. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Amy. Thanks. Thanks for listening to NASIO Voices. If you'd like to see this year's top 10 or any of our past top 10 lists, you can find them at nasio.org slash top 10. That's all spelled out. We'll be back next year with new content, more interviews, and lots of exciting stuff. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about NASIO Voices. Happy holidays from NASIO. NASIO.